Welcome everyone to another edition of our weekly Friday market update. Every Friday, I look at several things that are happening in the Bay Area real estate market. When it comes to headline articles, I also go over the general macro trends. And I also cover the specific data so that you can see for yourself where are prices, where have prices been and where are they going in the future? And then I also share some of my actual insights as to what I see every week because I have the data and I have the information as to what is going pending, what is the current offer situation, and what is the traction for most places all around the Bay Area. If you're new to the channel, Happy New Year. Thanks so much for tuning in. It's been incredible to see the growth of the people that have been following me. I think on YouTube now, if you're watching on YouTube or on my social media channels, on YouTube I have over 600 subscribers now. So if you're not watching this on YouTube, do go on the platform to check it out, subscribe so that you won't miss a single video. I'm gonna be shrinking a little bit in terms of how many videos I'll be posting versus what I did last year. Last year I made about three or four videos a week. This year I'm gonna, uh, it's gonna be slimmed down uh, tremendously. So I'll do a weekly market update, which we're doing right now, and then we'll do a Tuesday video. Now the Tuesday video could be several different things. It could be a new construction walkthrough. It could be a Tuesday tip. It could be a Bay Area city development analysis. So you know what is happening in Cupertino, Fremont, what are new things being built and why they're being built the way that they are. To give you an idea if that is the right city for you. And so, however, if you have plans or I'd love to hear your resolutions of the new year. So if you want to leave in the comments below, love to hear if, if real estate is part of it or if any of your friends are considering that. That'd be great to hear. Leave it in the comments. Maybe it's health goals. Maybe it's financial goals. Love to hear from you. So please feel free to drop it in the comments or send me a direct message. Always love to connect. Let's talk about the news itself. We've always kept hearing a lot of companies are fleeing. Um, they're never coming back. They're shrinking real estate. And I've always brought it up. And if, if you've tuned in for the last couple of uh, months, I mean, I've always been saying the same thing. The big tech companies and biotech are not doing that at all. They are still expanding. So Waymo expands in Mountain View in one of 2020's biggest Bay Area leases. For those that are not familiar, Waymo is a division of Google, which is also basically the parent company of Alphabet. They have actually subleased, which is very different. There's The sublease market is usually very, very weak. Um, not too many companies want to sublease, but Synopsys, if you're familiar with where this is, this is Mountain View. They have a very, very good location. And Synopsys, you know, it's been around for a long time. So Google's going to sublease their space of 170,000 square feet of office space. They've also leased 120,000 square feet of industrial space in San Francisco. And they also lease a research and development facility in Menlo Park. So really, really interesting to see um, this happening. Uh, but as I mentioned, the big tech companies, they are still expanding very aggressively. They have not shrunk. They have not, they did not shrink any of their corporate real estate space at all. And they're actually continuing to expand um, at this time. Now, what's another one? It's the biotech side. New life sciences campus plan for California's Bay Area. This is going to be happening actually in San Carlos. So they're going to be redeveloping uh, into 123,000 square foot class A life science building. So biotech whether you consider it the future or what it is right now, I think it's going to be the future. Uh, tech obviously will keep playing a big role, but the merger of 
biology and technology, especially with COVID, shows that there's a lot more emphasis and a lot more interest to do this. Even though COVID has been a disaster in terms of how it's been handled, there has been several bright spots of just, if you look at high level, the incredible aspect of creating vaccines in such a amount of time, in such a little time. Like the reality is you look at like a company like Moderna, they actually already had a solution prior to, you know, trials and, and the standard process of the FDA. They had it, I think it was within a month, a month or two months of just first getting exposure, like, hey, look, this is going to be a problem. So it's been incredible to see the latest technologies, whether it's using CRISPR and these other tools to be able to, you know, at least we'll see what happens, but at least provide some solutions as to what has been going on. So I think biotech will continue to be, be a big driver. There is a lot of new space that is going to be converted into life sciences space, which is different than a traditional you know, office space. There's a lot more equipment. There's a lot more labs. It's a very different use. You can't really purpose it from a regular you know, tech company perspective. But you see it across the board, right? San Francisco is completely packed. I mean, just drive by. You can see for yourself on the east side of the highway, all the highly dense biotech hubs. And you know they they can't actually work remote the entire time because of all the equipment. So they've actually been in in the campus for a while now, um, and uh, I don't see that changing by any means. Bolin, thank you so much for tuning in and check and reaching out. What's your analysis about the Ithaca market? Uh, I'm actually not too sure about the Ithaca market. I think you're referring to Ithaca, New York. Um, I'm not too sure. You know, I, I always kind of stay in my line in terms of what I think is happening in the core Bay Area market. You know, if you wanted to learn about the local market, you know, I have amazing top realtors like myself that will be able to help you and uh, they can give you the insights as to what's actually happening in that local market to give you the feedback that you need to make the right decision. All right. Next, where the San Francisco Bay Area rent market stands at the outset of 2021. So it's been interesting, right? I think if you think about it, it's actually had a tremendous drop. Uh, the numbers here are actually much bigger than you may think, actually, in terms of decreases. However, you do not want to lump in all types of rentals. So, for example, you do not want to lump in studios, uh, one-bedroom, two-bedroom, three-bedroom condos, uh, or just apartments. You don't want to lump in certainly single-family. But you can see that... From San Francisco, there's been a 22% drop from last year for a medium one a medium one bedroom price of $2,700. And other that's this is the largest decline there is across the country. It's still though pretty pricey in terms of how much you're paying for uh, an apartment. Now I will caveat though, this is from a price perspective. As many of you that live in San Francisco or have seen your other neighboring you know, rentals just dropped tremendously. The drop is significant. And I think it's actually much higher than this because people are now getting free months of rents, which are which is not baked into this medium one bedroom price, right? Because that way they can keep it a little bit higher, but then the total amount is actually less. So I look at it as a total amount. So my actually estimate is closer to about 30% drop over the last year. So it's been significant for sure. Now, the caveat, though, is when you go to two bedrooms, three bedrooms, you go a single family, the drop is nowhere the same as significant. Uh, it's actually half of that. So I think the drop maybe is about 15% for maybe two bedrooms and three bedrooms, 15, I would say 15 to 20%. And 
in a single family between five to ten percent. So it's just something to be aware of. Uh, obviously, this will catch all the headline articles, but again, it's the smallest unit, right? I mean, think about the people that tend to rent a one-bedroom place. Maybe it's a single person. Those people may elect to go somewhere else. Quite frankly, a lot of them moved back in with parents, right? So they're the they're the most um, they're the they're the ones that will be the ones that will flee the, the quickest. And then obviously the others have had an impact. But what is interesting is this is a chart from Zumper, which is a very big rental, you know, property site, and there's still a lot of increase of interest of the inflow rate of people interested in looking into San Francisco. The rate is now about fifty something, fifty to sixty percent higher than it was before. So as the prices drop, you know, the interesting part is there usually is some sort of flooring, right? People will say, "Hey, look, wow, now it's so cheap." I can now live in San Francisco, which I've never been able to afford or never made financial sense in the past. So it's a lot of that mentality that's happening uh, when it comes to the rental space. So just something to be mindful of. But if you are renting right now, uh, my, you know, while I'm I'm ultimately helping people buy and sell houses, you know, I'm happy to help you with a strategy of that. The rental market is weak. Make no mistake. So do not just renew your lease. Negotiate. Negotiate hard. Um, I know it's a pain if you have to move out, but negotiate very hard. I've seen other clients that like, they're like, it's just convenient to renew the lease. And then you're like, you would have saved a thousand dollars a month, like literally like this. And it's um, something to be aware of. And that obviously equates to over, you know, 12 to $15,000 a year. Um, so, you know, if you have that kind of money around, then uh, feel free to donate to me. I'll, I'll create a Patreon account for that. Um, so next. How did the record low mortgage rates change everything in 2020? You know, a lot of people thought, hey, look, wow, everything is locked down. The real estate, we're going to have a massive correction. All hell is going to break loose. And it was very scary in the beginning, like very beginning, as in like early, as in like mid-March. The market was very hot leading up to mid-March. And then obviously during that time, maybe till April, people were, were concerned. People didn't know what to do. So it's important to also understand what was the change of interest rates? Since January, January started off 3.51% was basically for a 30 year fix. And then of course, we know the story of what happened over the course of time. The Fed pumped a ton of money. They provide a lot of liquidity. Um, they have unlimited mortgage backed security purchases, pushing down rates to what they are today, which are record low rates. Fast forward to December, it's dropped by about a percent. What does a percent drop mean when it comes to real estate? It's about almost equates to about eight to nine percent of a purchase price difference. So the reality is actually, um, and we'll go over the data, eight to nine percent is kind of what it's been for the Bay Area. But what does this mean outside of the Bay Area? It's been a frenzy. That's why real estate across the board, across the country, has hit record highs across the board. Bay Area has actually done, you know, has increased. But the craziest are not Bay Area. Crazies are like Sacramento. Crazies are Lake Tahoe. Crazies are like the Santa Cruz areas that are in the perimeters outside of the core Bay Area. Um, they have been in a frenzy, over 20% increase, over 30% increase in one year, right? So don't, no need to complain about Bay Area prices being crazy. Um, the reality is those areas are a frenzy right now. Um, and I don't, you know, I think things will probably slow down a little bit. 
but who knows, right? More people may decide to elect to go out there. You know, a lot of people have goals to buy either a vacation home out there or just a temporary home. So it may continue the trend, but it's been a very steep increase in a short amount of time. So this is why Bay Area home prices maintain record in November. We have hit all-time records for many places across the Bay Area, but it depends, right? So San Mateo County has not actually done as well for single family. I'm still very bullish over a long term, but then again, the prices are pretty high relative to other areas. So there is that kind of maybe ceiling perhaps for some. Um, the location doesn't matter as much because people say, hey, look, I can just drive 30 miles and I can pay half the price. Now, as traffic goes back, especially as big tech continues to go, start moving people back into the office in the late summertime, I think things will change. But as you've been seeing across every single week, if you've been tuning in, you've been able to see prices have generally been slowly increasing, nothing crazy. Um, things have been fairly predictable in terms of what things are going for, but just something to be mindful of. Now, I will share some of the local news. So SEC alleges Bay Area Mega Village real estate mogul scammed investors. You're like, holy cow. So think to yourself, which builder is this? And if you bought a new construction home from them, um, I don't know what to say. I mean, hopefully you're okay. I mean, hopefully, you know, there's obviously when you buy when you're building a new construction home, there are checks that are done by the city and by inspectors. So I hope it's good there. However, I think when it comes to the home builder warranty, which is a 10 year home builder warranty in California, that might be a problem. And so which is the builder for this? This is Silicon Sage. Silicon Sage, um, a lot of complaints are filed for this company, Silicon Sage. If they have a few projects all over. And you know, I found something really interesting for about them because I do a lot of new construction walkthroughs. So I do, you know, I reach out to new builders, whether it's Toll Brothers, whether it's KB, whether it's Lennar, whether it's Summerhill. And I know all the builders. So I know all the builders. And I did reach out to Silicon Sage a couple of times. And initially we had a few things scheduled, but they had some massive delays, like crazy delays, actually. And I was like, what in the world is going on? And then now all of a sudden, like they just ghost or not now, but like a few months ago, they've ghosted. And I was like, OK, well, maybe they're doing so well, they don't need any agents to work with them. Who knows? And then now this bombshell comes out, right? And, um, you know, this is rough. Silicon Sage was not a huge company, but they've done, you know, a good amount. I, I would say, I think, like, at least hundreds of units all across the Bay Area. So they, they're playing some big games. And as you can see, they raised about $200 million, which isn't, which isn't that much money. When it, well, I mean, it's a good amount of money for how much they did. So... Uh, yeah, you know, uh, hopefully if you're in a Silicon Stage property that uh, you'll be taken care of. I'm sure there's a bunch of legal battles that are happening right now, but uh, really interesting to see. Okay, we are going to wrap things up with the market updates. And uh, for some reason, this is showing weird. Now I'm going to make this larger so you guys can all see this. So every week I extract the data so that you are going to be able to see for yourself what is actually happening when it comes to the Bay Area real estate market. I break it down by counties as well. And then you will see from a price perspective, like where are things going? Where have they have they been? Are they dropping? Are they about the same levels? Uh, you will see it for yourself. Uh, nothing is hidden. I'm always very transparent, very data driven when it comes to this. So. Um, I did not cover anything over the last week, so I'm going to go over the last two weeks. However, it's not too much of a surprise, right? 
As you can see, new listings in San Mateo County, crazy low. 35 this week, 40 last week. If you think about pre-shelter, or even the last couple of weeks, um, what is this from a percentage? About 25% of listings, 25% new listings a week, like crazy low, right? But look at this, continued pending a week. This is just the updates that are happening that week. Still very high, 104, 71, even though there's not too many to even buy, right? And so it gives you an idea, like the, the volume of continued pending is very strong. This what, this what does this mean? Even those that are sitting stale for whatever reason, maybe people are just greedy about uh, prices. It is actually still showing as, uh, you know, people are so acquiring them because if you think just logistically, if there's only 35 new listings a week. How in the world are you buying 71? It's because they're buying older properties, right? The ones that have been on the market for some time. So this is something to be aware of. However, interesting enough, prices have been just relatively flat over the last couple of months. Nothing too crazy. You know, August, September was certainly much stronger. This is for single family. Condos, townhomes, a little bit different story. Now, then again, a lot has to do with like, and the reality is there's not that many products, right? I mean, this entire month of uh, being sold, is just it's just basically equates to almost like two weeks in previous months. So it's normal. Generally, the winter time has that effect that there's just not that much activity, but there's not that much, you know, prices set because I have several listings coming up and there's no reason for us to, to list it in the December timeframe. But I think in the January, February, things will be a different story. Take a look at Santa Clara County. Santa Clara County, same result, right? New listings this last week, uh, all-time low. Uh, well, all-time low for the year. So it was a record low for the year, 112 new listings. But same story, 187 that went contingent pending. Similar, look at this imbalance. There's over 120 that went contingent pending than there was new listings. Price-wise, it was a different story. Santa Clara still remains pretty competitive. It is very specific, though. Right. So a lot of this, I would actually say there is a general trend upwards. However, things are pretty predictable. Right. We're not seeing records like we're not seeing too many like, oh, wow, how did this happen? Not so much in Santa Clara County. Things are predictable. So if things have sold, you know, in the past and you did your right research and the right math and you're looking at the data, it's going to be pretty much what it will sell for. Condos, townhomes, though, a little st slow and steady increase. You know, it's actually been a little bit, uh, it's about the same amount uh, versus single family. So Santa Clara, very desirable, especially as uh, a lot of big tech continues to expand there. So where are the areas that are much more competitive? So the areas that are much more competitive are the places a little bit further out. So this is like, for example, Alameda. Alameda County has been very competitive. Uh, fortunately, two weeks ago when I made the update, we did not win the bid. Um, but, you know, we had the chance, quite frankly, we just, um, it just, it just got bid up at the end, but it was not too crazy. But as you can see, prices continue to increase. It's increased to quite a bit. So if you compare it to just the beginning of the year, we're talking about like, what is that? 15% 15% plus increase in one year for a single family. Condos though, different story, um, relatively flat. Contra Costa County has been a very competitive market. We are still seeing that today. So the increase has been substantial. I mean, look at this. Let's say in May, I mean, that figure was about average single family house, about 820, 830,000. Now it's about a million. So if you look through that math, that's over 20% increase in one year. Prices, fortunately, have been relatively consistent, but it's still pretty intense. I have some clients um, that are looking out there. And when we lose, we are being surprised by losses there. 
So something to be aware of when you're buying Contra Costa, you have to be ready to pay above market if you want a chance right now. That is what is happening there. It is what it is. Um, as you can see with the trends, you can see with this information, that is what's happening. Condos, townhomes, though, different effect, slow, steady increase. All right, we're going to wrap things up with two more counties. Um, so San, San Francisco, what has been going on with San Francisco? I have a few clients that are looking out there now for condos because they feel like the end is near. Uh, vaccines are being rolled out. Companies may be coming back to the office. The things are going to be opening up, right? You know, it's kind of funny. I, mean, I have not, I don't remember when was the last time I went to a bar uh, or a club out there, right? And so, um, you know, a lot of things about what makes San Francisco so attractive, um, hopefully will we'll, we'll rebound. But let's take a look at the data. Number of single families sold, 250, which is very high. Look at the previous months, a lot of activity. There's 157 active as of right now. Uh, and then there's 146 that are contingent and pending right now. So it's not a, it's a, there's not too much inventory out there for people to choose. Condos have dropped a lot. There was initial time that there was a, a crazy amount of condos out there, but now there's only about 520 condos on the market. So maybe some people have delisted it. Makes sense. They want to delist it. They're going to reset the timer and put it back on the market. So there's a good amount that is doing that. So I suspect there'll be, you know, an uptick. But look at the amount that have sold. I mean, it's the highest of the year, right? 324. November was 318. Like these are the highest figures it has been all year. So people have certainly been wanting to go back to this asset class. So that's San Francisco. Let's wrap things up with Marin County. Marin County, look at the prices. Average price of Marin County that has sold in December, 1.93 million. This is, as you can see, a record high, all-time record. Um, I mean, look at this increase since April. Average there is 1.5. Now December, 1.9. That's what, $400,000 increase? And what does that equate to? 25% um, increase in one year. Incredible, incredible. Not even one year. Six months, 20% increase, right? I mean, look at the number of sold, about the same, you know, a little bit higher than it was previously, but still same levels. And then active, 143, pending, contingent, there's not a whole lot. So I wanted to do this, and I do this exercise so that people can understand that we are not in a situation of people are not selling their houses. The reality is the number of sold has been higher than it was last year, higher than pre-shelter levels. The, the figures are not about limited homes being sold. So that excuse is completely thrown out. Like people being afraid of COVID and not listing a home, completely thrown out. The data has clearly spoken. It's been nine months for this. And I think it's important for people to understand that. The, the equilibrium right now is that we actually have more listings at this time than ever in the last couple of years. The biggest difference is the demand side is incredibly strong. People are moving away from the rental market. They're becoming home buyers. People are trading up from a smaller home to a bigger home, especially with rates what it is today. So it's important for people to understand, you know, if you have anybody that you know that's in considering real estate, send them this video, share it with them. It's going to be, uh, it's really certainly very interesting to see how things have been. And quite frankly, I, I appreciate this comment, Michael. December has such, has such aggressive home sales. And, and yeah, I think there's a combination of several things, right? I mean, people are not going on vacation. Nobody's going anywhere. Um, no, there's no trips. Everybody's even just spending the time at home. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot more this year because people have worked a lot harder 
that a lot of companies have had to shut down over the last two, two weeks. So people have been browsing and actively looking and making offers. But it seems like it's going to be a pretty intense year. Um, I think we're going to, I think looking at how things have played out, seeing my clients and making bids and the activity, I think we're, we're bound to have a pretty incredible year. So if you uh, or you know anyone that's considering to buy, sell, or invest, love to get introduced, we can figure out the game plan. Um, things are predictable depending on the area, but in other areas, you have to have the right expectation of what you're about to get yourself into. Um, and it's very important to, to know that. Well, thank you again for tuning in to another episode. Haven't done this in two weeks, but um, I look forward to the next one, Engineering a Better Life today. See ya.